We are continuing a series of messages uh, under the theme of Rescue Me. Uh, rescue is a prominent theme in the scripture. And in fact, uh, one aspect of our redemption is that God reaches down and delivers us, frees us from all that binds us and keeps us from him. So it's a good theme, and I've discovered as I've studied the scripture that there's a lot in the Bible about God coming to us and rescuing us. And there's something um, kind of uniquely American about the theme today of being overwhelmed. And I'm going to look at um, Psalm 55 with you in just a few moments as part of the message, but I wanted to read verses 31 through 34 out of the Gospel of Mark. Let me remind you that Mark's Gospel is the shortest of the four Gospels in the New Testament. It is the one with the fastest pace. There's almost an urgency in Mark's writing about getting us to the cross, to Holy Week, and all that happened prior to the crucifixion of Jesus and, of course, in the empty tomb. Nothing is said about the birth of Jesus in, John's, in Mark's Gospel. Um, as it is in the book of Luke. Uh, in the Gospel of Mark, there's this fast-paced action, but there are also these moments where Jesus stops. He stops and he withdraws from the crowds and he finds in solitude, in a place of, of um, quiet with the disciples and sometimes just alone with the Father, the strength, the renewed strength he needs to go on. So listen now to this episode, which precedes the, the feeding of the 5,000 in the Gospel of Mark. Beginning with verse 31, Then Jesus said to the apostles, Let's go off by ourselves to a quiet place and rest a while. He said this because there were so many people coming and going that Jesus and his apostles didn't even have time to eat. So they left by boat for a quiet place where they could be alone. But many people recognized them and saw them leaving. And people from many towns ran ahead along the shore and got there ahead of them. Jesus saw the huge crowd as he stepped out of the boat. And he had compassion on them because they were like sheep without a shepherd. So he began teaching them many things. This is the word of God for the people of God. God. You may be seated. And uh, let's uh, have a word of prayer together. Father, we pray that in these next moments that we would uh, find some encouragement in this shared experience that is so very much a part of what it means to be human in this broken, uh, challenging world in which we live. And that is feeling overwhelmed. Come, Holy Spirit, come and help us to uh, hear the truth in the midst of all of the chaos and the confusion and, and, and the demands that are placed upon us every single day. Some of us desperately need to be rescued. So come, Lord Jesus, and speak to us from the Word, from the living Word of truth. And this we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, I need to get my glove on here. By the way, this will be missing from the first aid kit in the cafe kitchen. If I don't do this, you may not want to shake my hand after the end of the service. 
Okay, do you, do you ever feel stressed out? Anybody here ever feel stressed out? Yeah. yeah, a lot of heads were nodding in the first service too. You ever feel exhausted? Do you ever feel overwhelmed? Yeah, quite a few of us do. A brand new study just published this past week, I read it yesterday for the first time, uh, finds that nearly two in five Americans say that the country's political situation is causing them considerable stress. Yeah, and about one in five say they are losing sleep or they are depressed as a result of what they see unfolding in Washington, D.C., Yet people are stressed out. And it's not just about politics. There are other reasons as well. Uh, American reasons that cause us uniquely as a somewhat driven culture uh, to overcommit, overextend, overwork, be overwhelmed. People are not only stressed out, they are exhausted. A mother of four said, I am so tired My idea of a vacation is a trip to the dentist. I really look forward to sitting in that chair and just relaxing. Jack, do you ever have anybody tell you that? (laughs) Yeah, he's nodding his head. Uh, When I was at the dentist recently, my hygienist said, your teeth look worn down. It looks like you've been grinding your teeth. Are you under a lot of stress? And I said, well, just a little. Uh, I am a pastor, right? You know that, don't you? Yeah, I hate it when the hygienist tries to talk to you with her fingers in your mouth, don't you? Um, People are overwhelmed. I had a mom call me recently who was driving around in the car crying, praying for deliverance from an overwhelmed life. A dad, overwhelmed by his life, confessed to a pastor, I feel like a minnow in a flash flood. (laughs) Several years ago, a man in this church, three kids, a wife, really good job, left his family, his wife and his children, for a co-worker that was half his age. And when I finally got him to talk with me about what was going on, he just simply said, I need to escape the craziness of our overwhelmed life as a family. We need more time. We crave a slower pace. We long for personal peace. 20 years ago, Richard A. Swinson, who is a medical doctor, still around, still teaching in a university setting, wrote an excellent Christian book on this morning's topic. It's called The Overload Syndrome. Very influential in my, my life. I've read it through at least twice and was rereading parts of it this week. Dr. Swenson became known as kind of an expert on overload. And he's written three books on the topic, which is just another way to talk about feeling overwhelmed. He, he became so well known for writing and speaking on this topic that a subcommittee in Congress asked him to come and testify, trying to understand how this impacts health in America, etc. And he said this about that encounter. He said, quote, in response to a question from one congressman about what symptoms accompany stress and overload, I listed about 20. 
psychological symptoms such as anxiety, depression, confusion, negative thinking, physical symptoms such as headaches, unexplained fatigue, indigestion, increased infections, behavioral symptoms such as irritability, withdrawal, driving too fast. He said, as I finished, another congressman asked, what does it mean if you have all of those symptoms? Swenson wondered if the man was asking for a friend or for himself. If Jesus had been born in the 21st century America rather than 1st century Israel, I wonder if he would act any differently than we do. I mean, would he have worn a watch? Would he have carried a smartphone? Would, would he be sleeping in every Sunday just to recover from a crazy, chaotic Monday through Saturday life? Can you imagine Jesus like interrupting the Lord's Supper, answering a text? Hold on just a, just a minute, fellas. I need, I need to respond to this. If you look closely at the life of Jesus, there's no indication that he was ever overwhelmed except in the Garden of Gethsemane. Deeply troubled, Jesus took Peter, James, and John, that inner circle of three, deeper into the olive grove and said to them, My soul is overwhelmed with sorrow to the point of death. Stay here and watch with me. Matthew 28, 38. Otherwise... Otherwise, when you look at the Gospels, Jesus does not seem to be on call 24 hours a day, nor does he appear stressed out or burned out. Jesus went to bed every night, having left some people unhealed, some people um, unsaved. He didn't meet everyone's needs, nor was he always available to people. He left some needs unmet. Now, I'll just say parenthetically, that is a hard thing for pastors. Pastors that want to be faithful and fruitful, want to make a difference for the kingdom of God in this world, that is a different balance, to strike that balance, to find that place of engagement and also withdrawal from the world. In fact, Mark 6 is just one of several passages in his gospel which shows Jesus withdrawing from the crowds by himself or sometimes with his disciples for rest and renewal and prayer. Listen again to verses 31 through 32. Jesus said, let's go off by ourselves to a quiet place and rest a while. He said this because there were so many people coming and going that Jesus and his apostles didn't even have time to eat. So they left by boat for a quiet place where they could be alone. If Jesus had the power to heal, why didn't he heal everyone that was sick on that day? If, if Jesus had truth to share that would literally save people's souls, why didn't he save every soul in Israel? Did he lack compassion? Was Jesus lazy? Even though Jesus was fully God and, and had the power and the truth of the Holy Spirit 
at His disposal every moment of every day, He was also fully human. Just like us, Jesus lived with limitations. He could not live without sleep. He couldn't go without food, at least not indefinitely. And and He needed times of prayer and solitude. Just like us, Jesus had to take care of His body and His mind and His soul. Just like us, Jesus could not be all things to all people at all times. Are you stressed out? Are you taking good care of yourselves? If not, could this be one of the reasons why you feel overwhelmed? I had a few people tell me after the first service this morning, one walking down the hall, I am so overwhelmed and I don't know what to do about it. I don't know where to start. Some of us need to be rescued. Our culture needs to be rescued from from some of the attitudes that have so deeply infected us, we feel guilty about just doing nothing for a day, having a day of rest, a day of Sabbath. Richard Swenson says, we are exceeding our limits in scores of areas all at the same time, from activity overload to choice overload to debt overload to expectations overload to information overload to work overload. We are a piled on marginless society. In other words, we lack the reserves. Uh, We don't take the time to rest and be renewed and strengthened in body, mind, and soul and relationships so that when we find ourselves in stressful situations, we've got something to draw upon because most of us are spent a good bit of the time. Human beings do not have an exhaust, inexhaustible supply of energy. We cannot keep running on empty. We need time to rest so that our relationship with Jesus Christ and our relationships with others can be revitalized day by day. There is only one person that I know who has unlimited power and strength, and I am not him. But you protest, well, yeah, but Pastor Greg, you don't understand my life. Well, actually, I understand it better than you think because I've heard a lot of confessions over the years. And I also struggle with this same struggle. Pastoral ministry can be very demanding and, and, and exhausting and stressful, just like parenting is. I don't know how some of you moms do it. I don't know how the coils are going to do it. Man, is this six children now under, the, under your roof? Just one more, he says. <laughs> Just one more. Yeah, right. Just one more. Well, we welcome Belle. She's here this morning. We are so grateful that you all had a great experience. Some of us followed you on Facebook prayed for you every day and uh we're just grateful everybody is here i'm amazed you all are here because you all didn't even get in until what like two or three in the morning on saturday so you hadn't even been back very long so good for you two thumbs up we're excited about getting to know bail in the coming weeks uh and 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 so yeah parenting can be exhausting and overwhelming uh lots of vocations can and especially in a post-Christian culture where busyness and overwork are badges of honor. Your struggle and my struggle 
were also Jesus' struggle. In Mark chapter 6, verses 33 and 34, we read that even though he made an attempt to get away from the crowds, get on that boat, travel to the other side of the Sea of Galilee, guess who was waiting for him? Yeah, the crowds were racing ahead, running along the shore, and they managed to be there at the dock when Jesus and the disciples got off the boat. And the scripture does not say that Jesus cursed under his breath. He didn't sigh. He didn't say, oh, good, get out of here. I need some time for myself. No, the scripture says he had compassion on them because they were like sheep without a shepherd. Now, this image of, of, of comparing human beings to sheep is found throughout the Old and New Testaments. It's a little bit insulting because sheep are not very smart and they're pretty helpless. Uh, they will literally overeat, lay down, and can't get back up. That's very human, isn't it? <laughs> yeah. Um, they, are, they, they are perfect prey for wild animals because they can't really fight back. They need a shepherd. They need somebody to look after them. And so consequently, this weak animal that was common, that was well known throughout the Middle East, it was a source of wool and also meat, this, this helpless creature becomes an image, a metaphor for human beings. We are helpless, wandering sheep, overwhelmed by life, desperate for guidance and assistance. And so these, these sheep, keep chasing after Jesus, hoping that he will come to their rescue. And despite his need for rest, Jesus pauses to help them. But what we see in the Gospel of Mark is that he also continues to try his best, to try his best against the odds sometimes, to find a place where he can withdraw and pray and eat and rest and be with his disciples whenever possible. It, it's again this pattern of, of engagement with people and with the world and their needs and withdrawal to be by himself and with God that characterize the life of Jesus. And, and friends, that is what is desperately needed in many of our lives today. Which brings us to Psalm 55, which is this song of lament prayed by David. I was so affected by these, these words when I discovered this psalm this, this past week. Uh, listen to what David prays to God. Again, the, the rawness of his emotion comes through. He says, listen to my prayer, O God. Do not ignore my cry for help. Please listen and answer me, for I am overwhelmed by my troubles. My enemies shout at me, making loud and wicked threats. They bring trouble on me and angrily hunt me down. My heart pounds in my chest. The terror of death assaults me. Fear and trembling overwhelm me, and I can't stop shaking. Oh, that I had wings like a dove. I would fly far away to the quiet of the wilderness. And then he says later on in this prayer, it is not an enemy who taunts me. I could bear that. It is not my foes who so arrogantly insult me. I could have hidden from them. Instead, it is you. And now he's talking to someone other than God. It is you, my equal, my companion and close friend. What good fellowship we once enjoyed 
as we walk together to the house of God. You see, David has been betrayed, deeply hurt and wounded by someone who was once a friend and is now his enemy. He says, I will call on God and the Lord will rescue me. Morning, noon, and night I will cry out in my distress and the Lord hears my voice. Then he says to those that are reading this prayer, this psalm, he says to them, give your burdens to the Lord and He will take care of you. He will not permit the godly to slip and fall. This is so similar to what Jesus says in the Gospels. Come to me, all you who are laid down with many burdens. Fantastic children's sermon, Scott. Weighed down by many burdens. Come to me and I will give you give you rest because the burden that I'll give you to carry is a whole lot lighter than all those burdens you are carrying. David is so overwhelmed mentally and emotionally. In this prayer, there's an edginess of, of desperation. He says, I am overwhelmed by my troubles. Fear and trembling overwhelm me and I can't stop shaking. Have you ever felt that way? And just so overwhelmed and stressed out that you can't stop shaking. I, I know people who have trembled in my presence because they are so overwhelmed. His distress is so great and so all-consuming that he just wants to fly away like a dove and escape to the solitude of the wilderness. Over the years, I've, I've known many women who've been so overwhelmed by life. They have turned to trivial pursuits, um, such as video games or some kind of addictive behavior to cope. They've abandoned their marriages and their families or in desperation have even taken their lives. Something must happen. An intervention must occur if we are to find rescue from these feelings of being overwhelmed. And in verses 12 through 14, David makes it clear that this main source of his pain and desperation is this friend who has become an enemy. And though he longs for revenge, longs for for God to take revenge on his behalf, on this enemy, the fact is he understands that the answer for him is a life that is anchored in God, a, a life that is covered in prayer, He prays without ceasing, he says here, morning, noon, and night, crying out in distress. And he says, the Lord hears me. The Lord hears my voice. Some of us may identify with David's struggle. We felt the devastation of betrayal. Uh, Someone that we love, someone that we trust, has turned against us, has walked away from us when they said they would always be there. And that is so painful. It's so hard to recover from that. I understand that well. But there's an additional way, I think, that we can look at this psalm. We can see the enemies of our soul, our own souls in this psalm, that keep us from feeling at peace with God that cause us to feel overwhelmed. So I want to close this message by just asking you some questions to consider, to think about. Do you, do you need a different job or vocation? There's so many people that hate what they're doing in life, who are stressed out by, by their work, their day-to-day work. 
Uh, maybe, just maybe, you need to rethink, reconsider uh, a different job, a slower pace, perhaps a simpler lifestyle in order for you to find some happiness and some joy in your work. Are you taking a day off? Are, are you observing a weekly day of Sabbath? This is so, so difficult, so challenging for pastors. And my day off is Friday. And um, before Connie left for these 10 days to help take care of the grandsons and prepare for the third one that, that will be here soon, we think, um, I worked with her and came up with a to-do list. Wives, you ever leave your, your, your hubbies a to-do list? So I came up with a to-do list of things I needed to get done. And, um, and I was thinking Thursday night when I went to bed, all right, I'm going to see if I can get some things off that to-do list. But you know, when I got up Friday morning, I was just hurting all over. I was so tired. It had been a rough week. I was dealing with some crises, uh, both personally and with other people. And I just did not feel like doing anything. So I just stayed in my jammies nearly all day. I didn't even leave the house on Friday. And it was good for me. I needed that day of Sabbath rest. Now for some of us, it's hard circumstantially to have a day of rest. Especially when we've got small children at home or we're working two jobs or whatever. But carving out rest, times of withdrawal are so important. Uh, we also may need to cut up our credit cards and get out of debt in order to lessen this feeling of being overwhelmed. We need, may need to take a walk in the woods and spend more time in prayer, practice spiritual dis, uh, disciplines more consistently. Jeremy is leading a discussion of Richard Foster's classic book on uh, the dis celebration of disciplines, these, these ancient practices that still uh, provide avenues of personal transformation, of having a relationship with God. It's a wonderful book. Uh, you could still join them this Wednesday night. It's been out 40 years, and it's still a classic. Are you addicted to social media? Does the idealism of Instagram and the phoniness of Facebook uh, contribute to your own feelings of, of discontent and inferiority? I had a woman tell me recently how she was struggling with, with another woman in our church whose life seems so perfect on Facebook. I mean, her kids always are so beautiful. She's got a beautiful new home. Things are great. And she said, my life is not so great. And she's, she has some jealousy about that and feels a little depressed about that. And I just said, well, things may not seem, be exactly as they seem. Do you need to reorder your priorities spiritually? Take an inventory of how you're spending your time. Are you beginning your day with a time of prayer? I mean, most days I don't even get out of bed until I've begun to center my attention upon Christ because I know that I'm going to need His help. I know I'm going to need the, the Holy Spirit's power and guidance in my own life if I'm going to get through the day may want to join a Christian journey group, forge some friendships, have some accountability in your life that will help you to work through some of these feelings. You may need to get involved in a ministry that draws you out of yourself. And some of you need to attend worship more faithfully. It's not enough to come once or twice a week. Maybe you should see a pastor or talk with a counselor. 
here's the bottom line. This issue, like so many others, starts with confession of sin and feeling overwhelmed is very, very much related to our tendency to rely on ourselves and not trust in God. It really is an issue of trust on a regular basis, a daily basis for, for some of us at least. We, we need to confess our sin, but we also need to repent. We need to turn in a different direction to change our habits of our heart and of our lives. Things will not be different. You will continue to feel overwhelmed unless you make changes. Do you need a come-to-Jesus moment where you surrender this crazy, chaotic, overwhelmed life you are living to Jesus and ask Him for a new beginning? David says to those hearing his prayer, give your burdens to the Lord and He will take care of you. He will not permit the godly to slip and fall. Jeremy's going to lead us in a beautiful song in just a moment. But I want us to just bow our heads and pray for, uh, for this issue in our lives. Lord, we, we just say, it, say to you again that we don't trust you enough. Um, we have a tendency to try to live life on our terms. We are so self-centered and self-reliant most days. We don't give you the time of day. We don't start our day in prayer and in Bible reading and meditation and centering ourselves upon you and the presence of your Spirit. Um, Lord, the difference it could make if we just talked to you morning, noon, and night as David did here in Psalm 55. I pray you would help us to um, strike a proper balance between engagement with the world and with people and responsibilities and work and everything else and also withdrawing to a place of solitude and quiet where we can simply be with you. Help us, God. Help us to find freedom from feeling so overwhelmed and stressed out. Come, Holy Spirit, come as we come to Jesus. In His name we pray. Amen.